Hello again, and welcome back to Toddcast. Uh, everything that is Blue Valley and what's going on with our children and our teachers and our community. And again, we are talking about literacy and dyslexia. And today we are at Heartland Elementary. And uh, I'm glad to welcome, and we'll hear from some experts, some folks that have received the training that we talked about. Uh, last time, as well as now how it's being implemented in our classrooms. And Elena Talley, our reading specialist at Heartland Elementary School. Welcome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Absolutely. And Julie McInerney, a second grade teacher. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you taking your time out of your day to talk about things that I know are pretty passionate to you, which is literacy and working with our students and, uh, and certainly... Uh, Students that have been identified uh, as dyslexic as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. So, Elena, I want to start with you because you have uh, received some training that we talked about in our last episode, Horton-Gillingham training. And so I'd like for you to talk just a little bit about that training and maybe some of the things that were very impactful to you as you bring it back to Heartland here and begin to work with teachers like Julie. Yes. Um, the Orton-Gillingham training I received has probably been the most beneficial professional learning experiences that I have ever had. Really? The amount of information that I learned about the science of reading and how to teach mm-hmm. reading, um, I have never received that type of training before in any of my experiences. So, and after I started using that approach with students, I got to see how powerful it was mm-hmm. in kids that were struggling readers and how they have made progress since using that approach. Mm-hmm. Then it was after I started using it that I noticed that there are some components of the approach that classroom teachers could easily do. The Orton-Gillingham approach is typically used with students with dyslexia, but the structured, explicit way that they teach students how to read is actually a great way to teach all kids how to read. All students, absolutely. Correct, yes. So you mentioned that certainly it was a benefit to you, Mm -hmm. Uh, and we talked about this last time. Talk just a little bit about the science of reading and how important that is for us to understand what that is today in terms of your work in helping classroom teachers and, more importantly, our students. Yes. So um, having this in-depth knowledge now about how kids learn how to read and that there is a process that they need to go through and the skills that they need to acquire, I'm able to now be more diagnostic mm-hmm. and um, help structure and tailor my instruction the best way that kids can then become successful mm-hmm. readers. Yeah. So for example, when they start second grade, they are really pretty good at decoding one syllable words, short words. But now words are starting to become longer with multiple mm-hmm. syllables in them. And I've noticed that they will they don't have any um, idea how to attack those words. They'll start sounding out the first few letters and then they'll end up guessing. Or they'll start saying each individual letter sound, and then by the time they get to the end of this word, they've forgotten the first sound that they've right. said. So one part of the approach that we're really um, using that's really powerful in helping kids to decode words is looking at syllables and syllable division. So the syllables helps kids see patterns in words 
that they'll now end up being able to naturally see those patterns once they learn the different syllable types and we repeatedly have them practice that. So that's one thing that Julie has taken into her classroom with all kids. So a lot of the kids that I see really need that repetition. So they are getting, with our partnership, they are getting the explicit extraction with me, but then Julie works on the exact same skills. So they're getting the reinforcement and repetition with Julie. And they really need that to be able to break the code of learning how to read. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, because I, I think what um, our readers need to understand, certainly we know that there is a science to reading. And part of what you are bringing to us is an understanding of that at, at a real depth to give students um, some skill in being able to you know, recognize the, the syllables and decode and those sorts of things, and then work with classroom teachers in order to make sure that we that we reach all of our students, as we've talked about, this emphasis on literacy, certainly also um, with those that find some difficulties, whether they're dyslexic or, or otherwise. Right, Julie? Absolutely. So Elena mentioned that there's a, a, a partnership, if you will, and I know that you've had a collaboration here um, ongoing as uh, Elena's done the training and then coming back and kind of working with you um, as uh, as an adult learner yourself that's right. and then working with our students. So talk a little bit about the partnership that's been created and some of the things that you've learned and then how it's uh, benefiting our kids in the classroom. Absolutely. So Elena actually came to me last spring and told me that this school year I would have students that have characteristics of dyslexia in my classroom. Um, And as the Orton-Gillingham expert of our building, we really decided at that time that it was really important to work together to not only, you know, make a difference for those children, but for all the children in my classroom. So during our initial PLC meeting um, in the fall, Elena taught me the syllable division. So she really went through and explicitly taught me how to do the hand signals, um, how to mark up words. She really dove in, took the time to meet with not only me, but my whole team to break those components down for me. And then we um, talked about what we call our scope and sequence for Orton-Gillingham. And we talked about how the kids that would she would be working with kind of the scope and sequence that she would be working on with mm-hmm. them through the year so that I would have that knowledge as well. So scope and sequence, is that just the progression? Absolutely. Okay. So okay. the way that she would teach maybe vowel teams, and then the next week she would teach diphthongs. So it's very explicit. And so while I may be teaching whole class other things, mm-hmm. in my small groups I would be differentiating and really focusing on those skills with Um, the same skills that Elaine has been working on with our students. So like she mentioned earlier, we did the double dip, you know, so kids would get that skill with her and then I would be doing the same thing with them in my classroom. Um, So we kind of checked in with that and I kind of had that ready to go. And then um, as the year started, I asked Elena to come and do a whole class lesson Mm -hmm. so that I could also learn from her. Um, So she did a modeled a whole class lesson about closed syllables with my students, which was awesome because since she had been doing that with a small group of students in my classroom, they became the experts in our classroom. So they had that, you know, positive and awesome, you know, ability to 
teach all the kids in our classroom, no, this is how you mark the verbs. This mm-hmm. is how you use a brev. You know, all of these terms that they've learned and are now really comfortable using. So that was really awesome. Um, and I know other teachers have asked her to do that as sure. well. Sure, And then, um, you know, we meet monthly um, in our collaboration meetings to go over our student data. We talk about how they're doing on their running records, where we are on the scope and sequence you know, mm-hmm. progress. Um, we decide, okay, if, is this student making progress and what are the next steps for right. this student? And sometimes we you know, have tough conversations about this is going well, this isn't going well. Sure. And, and that's what's so great about having this partnership because more often than not, we're seeing the same things because right. we're doing the same things. And um, it's been really great for that collaboration for parent-teacher conferences, for example. You know, yeah. Elaine and I are um, able to kind of do those together and have um, really successful conferences because we have a lot of information to share. Well, we know from the research that feedback is one of those things that certainly highlights student achievement and the ability for our students to obtain these sorts of skills that are so necessary. You said a couple of things that I'm, I'm sure maybe a mom or dad or someone that's listened to this podcast might say, hmm, I wonder what that is, a running record. Okay. So uh, talk just a little bit about what a running record is. And you also mentioned data. So tell tell our listeners a little bit about what are some of the data points that, that you all look at in order to make these sorts of decisions about skills and scope and sequence. Okay. So running records are um, reading passages that we have students use and um, we have them read aloud to us so that we can monitor their fluency um, and their ability to decode and do it in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We also look at their comprehension. So at the end of a passage, we will ask some comprehension questions. And you're just really looking at the the continuum of learning uh, in your instruction. You mentioned that uh, you have them read passages. And so this is uh, this is time-consuming, a commitment on the part of our district to ensure that we do this on an individual basis because this is not a read-aloud in front of the class, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. so it's... One-on-one. Uh, yeah, and so I um, sometimes in the morning, um, you know, we, we have these blocks of time for, for reading, and part of that is is so that we can make sure that we reach, you know, all of our kids, right? Absolutely. Because we need to know where every one of them uh, is with respect to this. So thanks for that, because I know that um, sometimes we talk, um, <laughs> and and sometimes I, I I know most of this because I had a wife that was a reading teacher for 28 years. So I, <laughs> I understand what these sorts of things are, but I appreciate the explanation as, uh, as we move through with this. So, uh, you know, as we've uh, gotten a little better at understanding uh, the science of reading, and the application of that uh, for our teachers and ourselves, quite honestly, and then, of course, uh, for our students. What are some of the the bright spots that you've seen? I mean, some success stories, if you will, some things that have happened um, here in your classrooms or with your colleagues that you can point to and say, you know what, that was just one thing that was just really special, and it's a part of this sort of growth mindset we have about uh, structured literacy and the science of reading. Well, when I think about how I was taught to learn to read, um, it was more whole language. Mm. 
and now teaching phonics to kids, I had to go back and relearn exactly all the rules. And I think that hearing these kids that have gone through the Orton-Gillingham approach be able to explain why the rules are the way that they are, that they just understand that more so much better now. Yeah. Um, for example, we were I was doing a lesson in um, Julie's classroom, and the C was making a s sound instead of the k sound. Mm -hmm. And they were able to tell us, well, in that word, it was followed by an I. That's why. And a lot of the other kids in our classroom didn't know that. So it's just amazing they are able to explain our language because they are learning those specific rules and why um, the sounds make the sounds that they do. Yeah. We, we talk a lot in this, um, I think it's kind of vogue maybe uh, in our industry lately to talk about student agency uh, or the ability of a student to direct some of their learning and that sort of thing. And, and what you just described is exactly that, is that we're, we're equipping students to be able to have skills where they can be independent in their learning of new things, of, mm -hmm. of words that they've never seen before, of they've never read. And um, giving them the skills to do that is just absolutely awesome. Uh, for for all of us. Mm -hmm. So, Julie, anything? Yeah, well, you know, to, to tag on that, I think, you know, when we think about math and we think about we want our kids to conceptually understand why something is the way it is. We don't just, you know, want them to memorize the facts. We want them to really deep down know. I think when we come back to Orton-Gillingham again, it is the why piece. And mm -hmm. I think that that's really, really powerful. And I think for me, just in the small groups, um, especially the group of students that really utilize this strategy the most, they've been together since kindergarten and really have been kind of owning this new mm -hmm. way of learning. And so anytime we do anything in our classroom that involves syllable division or something that has, you know, the tapping it out, um, doing red words, these are all components of Orton-Gillingham, mm -hmm. the the power that they have and the confidence that they have to be the leaders of that are, it's, it's amazing to me that even though they're, they're maybe not the best readers, they are the first to volunteer to do and help out and model mm -hmm. because they feel so confident in utilizing these strategies, which is huge because all we really want for kids is for them to feel comfortable in whatever way they're learning. And mm -hmm. so the fact that, um, the Orton-Gillingham approach is really building confidence and um, having these students make that progress and that growth um, when they really weren't um, previously. It's just been a really wonderful thing to see. It's also um, fun to hear the feedback from parents. Mm. Um, I get parents saying that their children are coming home teaching them um, <laughs> about what we've been doing in the classroom. <laughs> and also just to hear that the parents can see the growth that the children are making and that we are establishing like a love of reading for them. There's That's some awesome. kids that whenever they are having a hard time learning to read, they don't want to read. They don't like it. Sure. And hearing parents say, my child loves to read now. They pick up a book all the time. Um, that's something that's really heartwarming. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this conversation today. Uh, every time that I have the opportunity to certainly come out to a building, but talk about instruction and some of the things we're doing, 
curriculum instruction, scope and sequence, reading records, and those sorts of things. I always learn something, and I certainly have here today, and I'm sure our, our uh, listeners have as well. And so Elena Talley, reading specialist at Heartland Elementary, and Julie McNary, second grade teacher, thanks so much for um, sharing this time with us, but more importantly, for uh, doing what you're doing, uh, going out and receiving the training, collaborating with the teachers here, Julie, making sure that you're, you're willing to be coached and be that adult learner that can model that for our students. And uh, this sort of collaboration and training and understanding of this, I think it's going to just absolutely be key for us in the future. And as you've said, uh, we're, we're seeing some really good results with our, with our kids, which is absolutely amazing and what we're all here to do. So thanks very much for that, and thanks very much for listening to this edition of Toddcast, our literacy and dyslexia work here in Blue Valley. Thanks so much, and go out and make it a BV best day.